Alrighty, so this morning we're going to be tackling a bit of a myth. Um, I, I've titled the sermon Mythbusters because uh, I really love the show. I don't know about you, I know nothing about science, but I just think those guys are awesome. Um, and uh, they essentially they take stuff that happens in movies and then they, they kind of delve into it and see is this real, isn't it real. And um, the topic that we're going to talk about this morning is, is judging. Okay, judging. And, and if you're not much of a church sort of person, you kind of feel like you've struck gold. Because that's exactly what you have against the church, isn't it? Is that we're a bunch of judgmental hypocrites. Isn't that just the truth? From your estimation, I, I, I don't blame you. I think that too sometimes. It's okay, guys. Today you can laugh. I want to give you permission. Today you can laugh. There aren't holy cows here this morning. It's interesting for me. Ten years ago, the most, the most quoted scripture was John 3.16. John 3.16, the most quoted scripture. And we all know, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Today, the most quoted scripture is do not judge. Most quoted scripture. I mean, they, no one can tell you where it's found, but it's do not judge. Isn't that the truth? And I mean, as Christians, as Christians, when we use it, we sound like theologians. Because for some reason in this moment, we opt for like the old King James. You know, like the Bible Jesus read. Like that's where we go. We don't, we don't just stick with contemporary stuff. We're like, no, 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 this stuff carries weight. I've got to go to the old test, the old King James, and like I've got to lay that down. You know, it's, it's got to be like, thou shalt not judge lest ye be judged. Like that's how deep we go. I mean, we still can't tell you where it is, but at least we sound like we know exactly where it is. And I won't lie, I've, I've struggled with this scripture. I really have. I've struggled with the scripture because as I look through scripture, I, I find stuff that contradicts that scripture. And then, and then that's even more confusing because I, by the way, it was Jesus who said it, do not judge. And so Jesus says, do not judge. But then I, I, I work out of my, out of the book of Matthew and through the gospels and through the book of Acts and through the book of Romans. And then I get into the book of 1 Corinthians and in chapter five, Paul pretty much takes an entire chapter to tell us that we should judge and and the basis of that pretty much is that when someone is unrepentant you know that that we should look at someone's life and and we should judge their life and that's confusing because jesus said don't but but paul says that we we should judge and then paul clarifies it and he talks about outsiders and insiders Folks outside of the church, folks inside of the church, folks who don't call themselves brother, they don't call themselves Jesus followers, they never said yes to the values and, and the morals and the beliefs that Jesus has asked us to live by. And, and, and he says to us, we shouldn't judge them. He says, you leave them alone, you don't judge them. And then he talks about the insiders. He talks about the folks in the church and, and he says that these are the people that we should judge. We should look at the fruits of each other's lives and we should hold each other accountable. And he doesn't just say that we should. He says it's our responsibility. That's quite out there. 
that's very different to do not judge. And so this morning, I really want to just spend the morning looking at what did Jesus mean when he said, do not judge. Now that you're all not sure whether you want to be here, let's carry on. All right. So it's true. We'll get into a conversation and, and, and um, uh, we've all been on opposite ends of the spectrum, I'm sure, where you having a conversation, you've maybe seen someone in, something in someone's lives and you, you, you approach them and you try very lovingly, hey, my bro, it's like, you know, this is the stuff that I'm seeing and it's causing damage to you. And, 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 and what happens? Judge not. Who are you? Who do you think you are? Don't judge me. Judge not. The Bible says that you shouldn't judge me. Or we've been on the other end of that where someone has come and lovingly approached us or not so lovingly approached us. That happens frequently as well. And they've been like, hey, there's a stuff in your life and it's got to change. And we lash out. <laughs> Again, old King James because it works better. You know, it carries more weight. And we're like, don't judge me. Who are you to judge me? And, and if we're honest, folks, what we're really saying by don't judge me is, thou shalt not size me up and write me off. Isn't that the truth? Thou shalt not size me up, look me up and down, form an opinion about me, and then discard me, write me off. Thou shalt not size me up and write me off. And that's what we really mean when we're saying to someone, don't judge me. Now, if we're honest, why do we think that as people of faith, we can be so judgmental? Because it is true, isn't it? Quite often, we can be so judgmental. You know, our, our Christians, we're, we're famous for being judgmental. But it's not just Christians. I've, I know some Jewish folk who are super judgmental. You know, in our culture today, we see, we see a lot of judgment coming from, from Muslim belief system. You know, no matter where we, we look, as far as someone with a faith base, there's a lot of judgment. Super judgmental. Why, why do you think? Why do you think we can be so judgmental? I mean, I've got to put my own hand up and say I'm judgmental at times. I have been super judgmental at times. Over the last two years, I'm outing myself now, but over the last two years, we've been dealing with some stuff and I, I've been seeing a counselor on occasion. Don't you feel good about yourself right now? It's like, dude, the pastor sees a counselor. Not a psychiatrist, no. So, <laughs> yeah, but don't worry, the doctor says everything's going to be fine. Okay, don't worry. <laughs> but as I'm, as I'm dealing with him, as I'm dealing with him, he's like, he asked me these, like the perfect question at the perfect time. I feel like it's the worst question at the worst time. But he'll ask me these questions, and as he'd ask me this question, like the stuff would start coming out of my mouth and I'm just like, I'm confronted by the vile nature of my own judgmental nature. And it's horrible. And if we're honest, why, why is it that we're so judgmental? Firstly, I believe because we're jealous. 
Because we see folks living in sin and having a gas. Like folks are sinning and loving it. Um, it was Craig Rochelle. It was Craig Rochelle who said, if you're sinning and not having fun, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> I love that. I'm like a pastor said that. That's awesome. If you're sinning and you're not having fun, you're doing it wrong. Sorry, I can see a lot of you are very perplexed right now. Um, let's move on. But it's true. We, we look at these people's lives and we're like, they're doing bad stuff and they're getting away with it. And I'm living according to this, to this belief system and I can't get away with it. And, and, and I, I hate that. Oh, it frustrates me. Have you ever met Christians who, who are like super glad there's a hell? They're like super glad there's a hell. Why? Because they are fully convinced they're not going there. But they know people who are having way too much fun and are definitely going there. And they're going to get what's coming to them. And unfortunately, some Christians are just a bit too glad that there is a hell. And it's so judgmental, isn't it? Why? Because, because we're jealous. The other thing is that we can be so self-righteous. That's the other reason. That's the other reason. Is that we can be so self-righteous. And self-righteousness is so ignorant. And it's so arrogant, folks. And we go and we, we compare ourselves to God. I mean, sorry, we compare ourselves to other people and think that we're styling and then we look at God and just believes that he accepts us the way we are. It's like we create these two different, it's like our righteousness is just right. And, and self-righteousness really just dumbs down the holiness of God and it inflates my own holiness. And essentially, self-righteous people are very rarely self-aware. Aware of their own mistakes, aware of their own failures, their own flaws. And that's why judge not is so very important. It's also important because judge not is not all that Jesus said. I guess you knew that was coming, hey? It was only the start of a discussion. But unfortunately, that's the only part that we really remember. So let's have a look at what Jesus said about judging. Matthew 7 verse 1. There's the reference now. Now you also know. Matthew 7 verse 1. Don't judge me, boy. All right. Matthew 7 verse 1. Do not judge. When we say... When we read that and when we, when we put it out there, I, I believe what we're really saying about do not judge is that we're really saying, thou shalt not criticize me, thou shalt not compare me to anyone, and thou shalt not confront me on anything. Does that sound about right? Hey, don't criticize me, don't compare me to anyone, and don't confront me on any of my stuff. So for that reason, don't judge me, full stop. But if we look at the scripture, Jesus doesn't put a full stop. 
Jesus puts a comma. That tells me that he's not done talking yet. He's still got some stuff to say. So he says, do not judge me or you too will be judged. For the same uh, way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Honestly, after that, we're in a place where we're like, dude, I just got more ammo. I'm way better off than I was when I started this morning. This is awesome. So now we don't just say, don't judge me. We can now say, don't judge me because it's going to come back to you. And, and it really helps when you put your finger out. You feel like you have far more authority when you do it that way. So what, what's really being said here? With what judgment you judge, you will be judged. And what measure you use, you will be measured. So, so surely this is what Jesus is saying. Judge unto others as you would have them judge unto you. Judge unto others as you would have them judge unto you. So judge others the way you want to be judged. This begs a question. How do you want to be judged? So I'll, I'll answer for me. I want to be judged not. Isn't that the truth? Don't pretend like you want it any other way. We don't. We don't want to be judged. But if you are going to judge me, if you're going to judge me, then, then I really hope that you'll keep certain things in mind, that you'll consider where I grew up, what family I grew up in, uh, the, the, the school I went to, the fact that I was bullied at school, uh, the, the fact that I have all these insecurities that I really struggle with, and, and, and the fact that, that these are the things that I get tempted with. And, 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 and I hope that, that ultimately you will consider my whole story when you judge me. And isn't that how we want to be judged, folks? That ultimately, when we judge, we'll be based on our entire story. Jesus goes on, he says, Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye? Now, this is the part that we like, because this confirms our suspicions all along, that there is actually something wrong with them. There is actually something wrong with that person. Hey, read it again. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye? There is a speck of sawdust. I knew it. I knew it all along. There is something wrong with that person. <laughs> and, and, and it leads to those moments. I don't know if you've, if you've ever experienced this. I'm sure you have. Um, don't raise your hand. But where you're sitting like in the works canteen or something, ladies, especially ladies, um, but it's not gender specific. I'm just saying ladies right now. You're sitting in the office canteen and, and, and as you're sitting there, you guys are having a conversation and in walks one of your coworkers and you see what she's wearing and you're like, oh my goodness, don't turn around right now. Can you believe what she's wearing? Can you? Okay, she, she's turned around quickly. Look, 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 look. No? No. Oh. I knew it. There's something wrong with her. Who dresses like that? Only someone with a speck in their eye. Jesus carries on. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention 
to the plank in your own eye. Why? Well, because it's far more fun looking at the speck in my brother's eye because it completely distracts me from the plank in my own. Isn't that the truth? Ultimately, it's, it's actually that your issues make me feel better about me. <laughs> when I look at the, at the speck, like I didn't think it's a plank. I just thought it's a construction vehicle behind me. <laughs> I believe that that's one of the reasons is that, that it's just so much better and, and easier and such a distraction. Another reason is that honestly, I didn't know there was a plank in my eye. That's the second reason. I, I didn't know that there's a plank in my eye. Uh, and, and if I'm honest, as I'm sitting here today, I'm actually still not fully convinced there's something wrong with me. Maybe that's the other reason. And this is, this is where Jesus comes and, and he clarifies the not in judge not. He says this. He says, how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time there is a plank in your own eye? So what's really being said is, how dare you point out what's wrong with someone else when actually there's something wrong with you? He drives the point home with these two words, and like two words that we really, really hate, but the very next thing he says here is, you hypocrite, you hypocrite. So when Jesus says hypocrite, what does Jesus think when, when he says hypocrite? I believe that, that what Jesus means when he says hypocrite is someone who's more interested in what's wrong with someone else than what they, uh, than what's wrong with themselves. Does that make sense? far more interested in what's wrong with someone else than what's wrong with myself. I'm far more interested in getting into someone else's issues than dealing with my own issues. I'm far more interested in, in trying to get someone else to fix their issues but pay no attention to my issues whatsoever. That's a hypocrite. And it might sound harsh, but it is true, isn't it? Folks, because I have issues I'm surprised no one agreed. <laughs> I have issues. And you have issues. And I should focus on my issues and you should focus on your issues. I should focus on my stuff and you should focus on your stuff. You should fix your stuff and I should fix my stuff. So maybe, just maybe, the entire lesson that Jesus was trying to drop with us in this moment was... Mind your own business. Isn't that it? There, lesson done. Let's pray. <laughs> but that's not where it ends, is it? In fact, this is where Jesus actually only begins the lesson. Not only does judge not not have a comma but you hypocrites also <laughs> doesn't have a comma he says you hypocrite first and i want to stop there for a moment when he says first 
That leads us to believe that there's something else that's coming, isn't it? I don't say first and then just carry on and nothing else ever follows. Kind of people are waiting in bated breath. Well, he said first, surely there's a second, surely there's a next. So Jesus says first, so that leads us to believe that something else is coming. He says, you hypocrite, first take the plank out of your own eye and then you will see clearly okay i get it now so maybe what he's saying is when i see you and how messed up you are then it reminds me how messed up i am and when i see your sin i go look at my sin and i recognize that i need to deal with my sin and then ultimately, I become a better person. I get it now. I get it now. So in other words, your messed upness helps me deal with my messed upness. And ultimately, I become a better person. Sounds about right. So the fact that you're a mess makes me less of a mess. This is a good lesson. This is a great lesson. And now he's done, and now we can pray. So let's summarize. What has Jesus said so far? When I'm tempted to pass judgment on you, I should stop and look for traces of that thing in me. When I'm tempted to pass judgment on you, when, when, when I go, hey... Dude, have you seen what that guy said the other day? Did, did you see what that girl wore? The, did you see what that guy put on Facebook? The, did you see that girl's Instagram photo? I mean, Victoria might have a secret, but she doesn't have secrets anymore. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's, it's rough what they've done. So... Then we come along with judge not. So then I, I take all of the stuff that I've seen in your life and I, I, I go and I reflect on my own life and I go to my Facebook page and have I said anything? My Instagram, how's that? Is that okay? How's my speech been this week? Have I said stuff that I shouldn't have said? How's my speech been in the traffic? Who do I need to apologize to? And once I deal with all of that, I can come back to my own life and make sure that I don't do it again and for that reason I then become a better person all because you are such a mess your issues have helped me overcome my issues thank you thank you but Jesus said something Jesus said first And as he said first, it means it leads us to believe that there's something still to come. As he said first, it makes us think that, that he started saying something and that he's not done yet. So let's read. He says, you hypocrite. First, take the plank out of your own eye. Why? Because after first, something else has to come. 
It has to be second or next. Isn't that the truth? So we have to ask. First take the plank out of my own eye. So what's next? What's second? And folks, I believe that if we get stuck on what's first, we've actually missed the boat completely. If we get stuck on this, if we get stuck on when I see the sin in your life, it reminds me of the sin in my life, and that means that I can go and deal with the sin in my life, and as a result, I become a better person. If we get stuck there, we've missed the boat completely. We've completely lost track of what Jesus was all about. And ultimately, we will turn people off following Jesus. Here's something that we can never forget as believers. That following Jesus never stops with what's in it for me. Can I repeat that? Following Jesus never stops with what's in it for me. Following Jesus requires me to take what Jesus has done in me and use it for the benefit of those around me. Because at the heart of what Jesus taught and lived is is that new command that he gave where he said, love one another just as I have loved you. Jesus carries on here. He says, Matthew 7, he says, You hypocrite, first take the plank out of your own eye and then you will see clearly. Again, there is no full stop after clearly. He carries on. Then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. And then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. You see, folks, The problem with minding my own business is that it does nothing for the person whose business needs minding. The problem with you seeing something in me and it motivating you to change and become a better person means that it only does something for you, but it does nothing for me. So, so, so we, we say, do not judge. And then Jesus comes and he takes that do not judge and he turns it inside out. And this isn't about leaving people alone, folks. This isn't about uh, leaving people alone. This isn't about minding my own business or just becoming a better person because of what I've seen in the lives of others. God help us. Please catch this today. This is about getting to a place where you are in a place where you can appropriately, keyword, approach someone else about the stuff in their lives. And as we think about that, we say, but that is so judgmental. And Jesus responds and he says, no, it's not. You see, Jesus commands us to address the issues. But not for our sake, for the sake of our brother, for the sake of our sister. 
Jesus commands us to address our issues to prepare us to help other people with their issues. He says, take the plank out. Not just to get the plank out for your sake, not to just get the plank out for my sake in my life, but so that you can see clearly to address the speck in your brother's eye. And folks, that is not judgmental. That is obedience, because that is what Jesus is saying to us here. And it takes us right back to the command that he, that he gave us when he was here on earth, where he said, love one another just as I've loved you. The problem with self-righteousness and jealousy is that they get in the way of love. Did you hear that? The problem with self-righteousness and jealousy is that they get in the way of love. But self-awareness, recognizing my own stuff, recognizing the mess in my own life, allowing God to deal with those things, self-awareness paves the way to the kind of love that Jesus asks us to show one another. So do not judge doesn't equate to do not care. Can I say that again? Do not judge doesn't equate to do not care. Do not judge doesn't equate to do not act. Do not judge doesn't live out in a way that says I'm going to mind my own business. You see, folks, the truth is that love forbids me to size you up and write you off. Love forbids me to size you up and walk away. Love forbids me from minding my own business when I notice that perhaps your business needs minding. And that's not judgmental. That's love. That's not judgmental. That is simply obedience to Jesus. So what was Jesus teaching about judging? Here's a hint. It doesn't stop with judge not. In Jesus' words, it's going to pop up on the board there for you. What Jesus was saying was, take the plank out of your own eye in preparation for removing the speck from your brother's eye. Now chances are that today, and the worship team's welcome to come back, chances are very good that today we've essentially got three groups of people here. The first group of people is that you very possibly have sized people up and, and written people off. You've, you've, you've looked at people, you've formed opinions about them, you've, you've been judgmental, you've, you've checked them out and you've, you've kind of formed your opinion and then you've written them off. And, and the, the hard truth today is, folks, that if we find ourselves in that position, truth is you're self-righteous. 
somewhere along the line, you've elevated your holiness and, 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 and dropped the holiness of God. And as we read through scripture, this is probably one of the biggest things that, that Jesus despises. Man, he, he actually gets quite vocal about hypocrisy, about self-righteousness. So your tendency is, because you've never really done anything bad, you, you kind of have the sense that you've never really done anything, anything all that bad, you know? Like as you're listening to this, you're thinking of seven other people who should be sitting here right now. You've never really done anything bad. So as a result, it's actually quite difficult for you to, to, to grasp and understand why do people struggle with sin so much? Your response this morning to this message should be this little word that you feel applies to everyone else and maybe not to you. And it's repent. And this morning, your response to this should be to repent to self-righteousness. You see, folks, if the sin of others doesn't break your heart, then the chances are very good that your own sin has never broken your own heart. If other people's sin automatically evokes judgment in you, then you've probably forgotten your own salvation. If sin broke your Savior's heart, then sin should break your heart. You need to repent. Aren't you so glad you came to church this morning? Second group. Second group is you tend to size people up and then walk away. Not, not address the issue. You just size people up and, and you walk away. You kind of have that internal conversation. Oh, by the grace of God. If, if not for the grace of God, I'd, I'd be right where they are. I'd be exactly that. Like, that would be me, but for the grace of God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for what you've done in my life. Thank you for all the work you've done, Lord. I even see that in that person's life. I'm checking out my own life. I see the Lord, thank you that we can address it right now. Oh, Lord, thank you that I am no longer living that life. Lord, thank you that because of that person's sin, I can address the sin in my life. And, and, and I'm just so much better off for your grace, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. But I never go. And I never address that stuff in my brother or my sister's life. I size them up and I walk away. I don't address it because I have this belief that it's not my business. But this morning I believe that we've seen very clearly how Jesus looks at you and he looks at me and he says, It is your business. Confronting people about this stuff is not judgmental. Folks, it is what love requires from you. It's the most loving thing that we can do for people when we do it in the right way. And besides, like the old song says, you can see clearly now, the plank is gone. God has done something in you 
so that he can do something through you. Because love doesn't size people up and write them off. And love doesn't size people up and walk away. Your response, your application this morning is that you need to confront. And as I've said that, you've, you very possibly have a name that's shot to your mind or, or face. Or maybe it's several names or several faces. That you know that there's, that there's this issue with this person that you've seen in their lives. And you, you know that, 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 that God has actually prompted your heart in the past to go and, and deal with it. To go and love them and, and, and love them through it. But for some reason you've just been like, I shouldn't judge. And this morning God is saying to you, I'm not asking you to judge them. I'm asking you to go love them. The third group is that you've been sized up and you've refused to listen. You've been sized up and you've refused to listen. You've had someone come to you and say, and say, my brother, my sister, man, I, I see this in your life and, and, and I know how destructive this can be in someone's life. I've, I've possibly gone through the same stuff or whatever the case may be, but I, I recognize this in your life. And, and man, I know God has so much more in store for your life. God wants to do incredible things, but this thing is going to be a foothold in your life that, that you're never going to get past them until you deal with it. And as they've spoken to you, you've looked them in the eyes and you've said, do not judge me. And maybe they've responded and they just said, I don't want to judge you. I'm, I'm really not trying to judge you. I'm trying to love you. And before they could utter anything else, you said, hey, it's none of your business. Don't judge me. But if you're honest, in your heart of hearts, you've known that what they've said is true. In your heart of hearts, you've known that, that what they actually said in that moment, that there's truth to it. And I hope you can hear this this morning. Defensiveness, being defensive in those moments, defensiveness ensures that your past will continue to show up and shape your future. You see, folks, the truth is confrontation never goes well. If anyone's ever tried to confront anyone, it never goes well. Why? Because it's awkward. It's uncomfortable. We end up saying the wrong stuff sometimes. Isn't that the truth? I've never been in a confrontation where it's perfect. But, but somewhere along the line, you took the imperfections of that person's approach and you've used it as an excuse. This morning, what's, what's, what's stopping you? If you choose to remain defensive, all you're doing is ensuring that your past determines your future. And I'd hate for you to stay there. So your application this morning is, is maybe you need to go back to what that person said and you need to listen. You need to stop and you need to listen. You need to think through what that person said and you need to allow God to work that in your heart. And maybe you even need to go and connect with that person again. And you need to go and, and hear them out again. So, 
three groups of people this morning. We've spoken about removing the plank from our eye. Isn't that the truth? This morning we want to take a first step in taking the plank out. That's going to be super awkward. But I believe it'll be super liberating. I believe that it's, it's that first step. Anyone who's ever done a 12-step program, what's the first step? Acknowledge you have a problem. Acknowledge there is a plank in my eye. So this morning we are going to acknowledge there is a plank in my eye. Maybe you want to fit into one of these groups. Quite often we fit into several of these groups. Group one, and I'm not saying that this is group one. I'm just trying to create three groups. Group one, you size people up and you write them off. And you recognize that this morning, you need to repent for self-righteousness. Group number two, you tend to size people up and walk away and never address the issue. And this morning, you recognize that you need to confront certain things. Group number three, you've been sized up and you've refused to listen. And this morning you recognize that, hey, I need to listen. So, first step to removing the plank this morning. I'm going to ask if you are in group one. And by now you know exactly who that is and what that is. You've sized people up and, and, and you've written them off. Let's acknowledge that this morning simply by just raising your hand and just saying, Lord, that's me. Lord, you don't have, you, everyone can close their eyes. Everyone can keep their eyes open. I don't care. This is between you and God. But at the same time, this is an issue of saying, Lord, I need to take responsibility for this. I need to own this this morning, Lord. I want this plank gone, so I'm going to own it this morning. Here's my step of accountability first off. Lord, that's me. I've sized people up and I've written them off. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome to just leave your hands up because we're all going to have our hands up pretty soon. I'm sure of it. Second group, you tend to size people up and walk away. You size people up and you walk away and, and, and you know that this morning there are people you need to go and confront. Let's take the plank out this morning. Raise your hand and just say, Lord, that's me. I acknowledge that is me, Lord. Maybe you're in the third group. You've been sized up, but you've refused to listen. And you recognize this morning that, that what someone said to you, there was truth to it. This morning, let's remove that plank. Raise your hand and just say, Lord, that's me. I recognize that and I need to go and listen. Thank you. Thank you for your courage this morning. You can keep your hands up. You can drop your hands. We're going to pray. Father God, I thank you this morning, Lord, that as folks have taken ownership, Lord, as, as folks have taken ownership of the plank in their eye, Lord, Lord, as, as you've walked this process with me, and I've had to address the plank in my eye, Lord. Lord, I thank you that, that this morning we could come and acknowledge, Lord, that this morning we could come and take responsibility for that plank, Lord. Lord, and I thank you that just through the simplicity of raising a hand, just acknowledging, Lord, that this morning that is part of what's holding me back, Lord. This thing that's been holding me back is this thing, Lord. Lord, I thank you that you will now infuse your sons and your daughters, Lord, to go and bring about the correct application 
that is needed in this week, Lord. Lord, I thank you that you'll give us wisdom to know what to do and when to do it, Lord. That you'll give us courage to do it, Lord. Lord, I thank you that you'll give us courage to repent where we need to repent, Lord. That you'll give us courage to confront where we need to confront. That you'll give us courage to listen where we need to listen. Lord, that you help us to love people the way that you desire for us to love people. Lord, will you give us courage to obey? We pray it all in Jesus' name. And if you agree, just say amen. Amen. Thank you very much for this morning. If there's something that we spoke through that you would like to chat about, I'm going to be up front here for a little while. I'm happy to chat with you. Some of our folks will be up front here. Uh, come visit us beyond that enjoy a good cup of coffee for all our visitors enjoy your nice free warm cup of coffee or cold drink and hang around don't run away love you guys